It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're joined by Derek Parker to discuss not only the Thunder roster crunch and what to expect from Oklahoma City this year, but how good or bad is the 2024 NBA draft class? A ton has been talked about that draft class. Is it really as bad as you might think? We'll talk about that on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Thunderpod. Email the show, Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by FanDuel. We're talking all about the 2024 NBA Draft Class. We're talking about this Thunder season, and we're going to play a game of fact or fiction with this Thunder team. Today's show, of course, is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And joining us today is Derek Parker at DParkOK on Twitter, also on YouTube with that same name, and Draft Digest and Inside the Thunder. Derek, busy man. How are you doing? I'm doing phenomenal, man. It's uh, It's been a good day, good week. It's a tad chilly outside for me, but we're making it. We're thriving, surviving. It's a great day to be on the Lockdown Thunder pod. It's a great day to have you back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, even though uh, this, this weather is chilly for no one. This weather is chilly <laughs> for absolutely no one. It is brutal out here in Oklahoma. Now, Derek, the biggest question around this Thunder team right now, what will happen with this roster? What is just your overall view on this roster crunch. I mean, there's a lot made nationally. Uh, and I think that a lot of that comes from and stems from not realizing, Hey, that the thunder have always carried 20 guys in the off season. Now 21 yeah. with the new CBA for you. What do you think of this roster crunch just in general? There's a ton of moving parts to it simply due to the nature of having to cut, cut air quotes. So many people, I mean, you, the reports were a little, a little uh, overextended there in terms of, oh, they're going to have to cut good players and other teams are going to get good players. But this is really the first time that I think we're going to see players that the Thunder could utilize in some way or another actually get cut. So it is interesting from that perspective, at least. But overall, I mean, they're going to... This, this was always a part of the process, especially with amassing the picks that they have. This was always going to be part of the deal that you made in getting all of these picks. So... It's interesting, but they're going to go into the season with the players that they want, with the players that they think are going to make the biggest impact on their future. So it, in terms of the the overextension of reports earlier, not a huge deal, but obviously big decisions to be made from the franchise and organization. 
Yeah, big decisions coming up. And I, I think that this is just what this organization has wanted for a long time of uh, a, a, a very competitive training camp. And they're going to be tough decisions, but that's part of the business. And at the end of the day, you know, sure, whoever the Thunder move on from, they could go on to have a nice NBA career. But the people who are on the chopping block, most of them, have already been given away for free this offseason alone, if not multiple times this offseason, given away for free, even attached compensation to get rid of them. So it wouldn't really be this indictment on the Thunder or indictment on having too many picks or whatever. It was just the cost of accumulating more picks was to take on these guys. They could have just stayed out of the whole Oladipo and and Ty Ty Washington, Usman Garuba thing, and not had accumulated more second round picks and just then therefore kind of not had this roster crunch. But the, the, the cost of having this roster crunch is, Hey, we got a lot of second round picks out of the deal. Now, when it comes down to who is going to be the players that are cut from this team, it is still a little premature. I do, I do believe the thunder are going to bring these guys into training camp and let them battle it out. And then they are going to have an open mind of whoever earns that spot in training camp will get that spot but the quotes from Usman Garuba today um, have gotten Thunder fans very excited or at least very interested and in reading a lot into these quotes that he has talked to the Thunder front office and coaching staff. And they told him that they trust him and that uh, they don't believe that he was in the right place in Houston and that Garuba really initially wanted to be drafted in OKC. Does that sway you at all in your thinking of Usman Garuba? Uh, what is your opinion on Usman Garuba and will he survive this roster crunch? Yeah, I think firstly, I like Garuba. He's interesting, especially obviously from a defensive perspective. He has a lot to add there. Uh, Offensively, a ways to go. But in terms of, you know, culture fit, all of those things, I think he fits the thunder just fine. He is a guy I could see potentially making this roster. Does the quote, Make me think he's already a lock. Absolutely not. I think to your point, it's premature in general. They're going to go into camp. It's always been about competitiveness and really finding who the best 15, whatever are. And camp is going to be a huge part of that. So I wouldn't say he's a lock just yet. The quote is interesting. And and the Rockets nuggets were especially interesting to me, being that the Thunder essentially said, hey, you weren't in a great situation. Really funny to me. Anyway, I digress. Garuba's interesting. Could see him there right now, pre-camp. I probably wouldn't have him pegged in one of those last two or three spots, but he is interesting. Yeah, I, I totally agree that he's going to have the ability to to make a make a name for himself and, and get himself on this roster. But I don't think that these quotes mean anything. I just think that it's interesting because it's August and there's nothing to talk about. But uh, it, it doesn't mean one way or the other, that anything has been decided or not decided. And I think that we often read too much into things. For example, whenever Ty Ty played in Summer League and Usman Gruba didn't, people write into that. And now they're reading into it in, 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 the, in the different direction that he said this in an uh, interview with a newspaper. So it, I don't think it means much. I will say, though, on the Garuba front, as I mentioned when the Thunder first acquired him, his skill set and his you know, the ability that he provides to give Mark a different look than what he has. Mark has shown that he can, he can, if you give him enough kind of uh, weapons and enough uh, of, uh, of different looks, he can mix and match things and find 
uh, ways to exploit matchups whenever you give him an arsenal of players to use that way, which is good. But even more than that, I think you you look at Usman Gruba, and if you put him with this defensive coaching staff, both with Cam Woods in the blue and then with the Thunder and, and their staff, it can really transform his game in a very positive way in this structure. So that's at least very enticing. Now, I do think it is premature um, to know for sure, but we can always take our guess on what, who's going to be the odd man out. Uh, obviously, the roster stands right now is Josh Giddy, SGA, Lou Dort, J-Dub, Chet, Kaysen Wallace, Kendrick Williams, Michich, Isaiah Joe, Jay Will, Wiggins, Jang, Poku, Trey Mann, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, Davis Bertans, Victor Ladipo, Jack White, Ty Ty Washington, Magruba. I think that we can comfortably say, and you can correct me if you think differently, that the only players who realistically could get moved by the time the season starts is Trey Mann, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Thomas Bertans, Victor Ladipo, Jack White, Ty Ty Washington, and Usman Garuba. I think that those are, are who we're centering this conversation around. Yeah, I would totally agree. With that being said, the of those names, of, of Trey Mann, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Davis Bertans, Victor Ladipo, Jack White, Ty Ty Washington, and Usman Garuba. Of those names, do any of them jump out at you in either direction? Of he's, I think he's for sure going to get cut, or I think he's for sure going to make the team. Would you put either one of them in a definitive pile yet? I, To me, it is abundantly clear that Trey Mann is an NBA player. I've tweeted out before, to what degree we're unsure. Maybe he's a 15, 15th spot on the roster type guy perennially. Maybe he has more in his future but I think in the least he is an NBA player. Now, does that mean he's going to make the roster? Absolutely not. But I think from a talent perspective, he jumps out more to me than the rest of these guys. I think he probably, from a cultural fit, fits this team just fine. Is he going to gain the necessary development here as the 14th, 15th guy on this roster to really grow and really develop as a player? I don't know. So that could factor into it too. But from a talent perspective, Trey Mann jumps out. Uh, another one not popular among among the fan base or or anywhere else, but Jeremiah Robinson Earl from a locker room perspective jumps out. You know, to this point, I don't know if it's common knowledge or not, but JRE is a huge voice in the locker room. He's the guy giving speeches. He's the guy riling people up to get going, get amped for games. That is not that's that's a very slept on thing for a 14th or 15th roster spot. You know, these guys are not getting major minutes. If you've got a guy like JRE who Fits great with the team. Obviously, great friends with a lot of the guys. Has more in his bag and has more to offer than has been shown due to injuries, especially in year two. Uh, that That's a great thing for a 15th roster spot. And I think a lot of people kind of throw that aside when looking at this. But that that's huge, and it sways him a lot in my favor for one of these spots. Um, Unfortunately, Ty Ty Washington does not jump out to me. Victor Oladipo, I think, is a likely cut. Jack White's interesting. Usman Garuba's interesting. Bertans is interesting. Yeah, for me, I, I look at this, this list, and I think that you're right. I think that Jeremiah Armstrong, um, while he only makes $1.9 million, so that makes him easy financially, uh, the, the locker room aspect is important, and that's been something that's been very transparent um, and, and something that is overlooked easily by fans. Uh, just because if you're a fan like and you're shooting at home, he's only a three year, he's only a third year guy. And you know, he doesn't play particularly well this last season. Why would you assume that he was the one that was in the locker room rallying the troops, but you are right. He is one of the guys that the team rallies around, listens to 
likes to have around, et cetera, et cetera. So that does curry some favor, as well as the fact that I think that he can be a really good rotational player in the NBA. Now, is he redundant with J-Will's skill set? Absolutely. Will, will he ever materialize into a rotational player for the Thunder? Maybe, maybe not. But I think that in general, he can. I, I kind of feel about him the way you feel about Trey Mann of he can play in this league. Uh, so I think that that was an interesting note for, for Jerry. I, I think that of this list, I think that Davis Bertans is for sure going to make the team because contractually it doesn't make a ton of sense to, to move on from him right now uh, just straight up waving him. And I don't think that a trade will happen before the start of the season with Davis Bertans. So I would put him in like the list of he's going to take up a roster spot. And then you've got to work around that and make even harder decisions because of that. Uh, with Jack White, it's just odd to me. If, they, if, if this was a two-way signing and you had two of your three two-way spots filled up with uh, Keontae Johnson and tr- Jack White, I'd be very, very, very excited. But the fact that they can get out of this deal so easily financially at the end of training camp and the fact that you know he's only played on a two-way contract before and no one was really, uh, th- that we know of, seeking his services on a standard contract, it just feels like a good uh, measure move for maybe Josh Giddy's buddy. But Jack White can play. He, he can play in this league. I think that he needs another year on the two-way deal to, to kind of prove that he can play. But he showed really good stuff in the G League. And I think that he can have a dominant training camp and force the Thunder's hand to put him on this roster. It's just that his, his frame and his skill set is so Thunder. And that's only a negative because they already have a lot of guys that have his frame and his skill set because it's so Thunder. So uh, finding him out minutes to take up a standard contract is going to be very difficult. Uh, and I believe he makes too much money to, to reroute him onto a two-way deal, obviously. So that option, which was once uh, a very popular idea, is now gone away also. But I, I think that of this list, I'd, I'd for sure put Bertans on the active roster. I'd be shocked if that gets solved before the start of the season. I really think that Oladipo is just going to get bought out. And like, you know, th- they have a good working relationship, but there's not really much here. Um you know, for this season for Oladipo, go work out on your own and uh, hook on with another team later on. I just don't think that he'll make the team. And of course, I've done roster projections and stuff all along. If you had to take your best guess at who would be cut of, we know that you don't have a, you know, a, a strong, like, this is it. So you can change your mind at any time. But as of this moment, who would you cut if you just, if Sam Presley said, you know what, Derek, I don't want to make this call, but we've got to make it today. It's all on you. Who would you cut? Really quickly, just to play devil's advocate to the Bertans thing, because I'm not under the impression he's a complete lock. I know it, it it's likely, but just to play devil's advocate, I think contractually, you're completely right. It makes a lot of sense to keep him flexibility-wise, trades, but the Thunder are far away from contention. I think... The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That they're still more in this developmental phase than people think. So with that in mind, I think just that note right there, Trey Mann or Jeremiah Robinson Earl make more sense than him. And then I also think that due to that note, 
they're further away from trades than people think too. So if they're not planning on making this block, this looming blockbuster deal that people think is going to be made in the next two years, then Bertans could be a cut. Now, again, not saying that's likely, but I think he's potentially more on the block here than people think. And I get that he's a good player and such, but he he makes a little more sense to me in that regard, I think. Yeah, so. I, I, I agree with the with the statement of the, they're they're developing a lot more than people think and that they're not like you know contenders and like people are gonna be a little shocked by how this season plays out. But I, I whenever I say personally, whenever I say Bertans trades, I don't think they're gonna use Bertans to go get some mega star, mega player. Right. Uh, I, I think that they can use him to maybe go get a lesser um you know player or just simply let him stay on the roster the entire year. Don't play him in 75% of the games and then cut him next off season for $5 million. So right. that's kind of more so the way that I had him on the roster was that the fact that you can just sit him this, this, this year or up to 75% of games and then release him for $5 million next year. Not necessarily like some masterpiece. And I don't think he's going to be a masterpiece in a big trade because they could have just absorbed some big master grand uh, cap player into cap space that they had before they took on Breton. So I just don't think that this is like going to be what, what their future holds. So with that being said, now you've put Breton's back on the table. You're just making, <laughs> you're just making your cuts more interesting. Who are your cuts? Um, so Trey man's a keep. He's a keep for me. I think he's talented. I don't think you give up on players this early, especially if they're a, a mid first round pick. He's absolutely a keep. So what do I have? One more. Between. You have to. So, so who have you already cut? So I'll cut Oladipo. Okay. I'll cut Ty Ty. So that leaves me with who? JRE, Bertans, Garuba, and White to fill one spot. Is that right? Yep. yep. <laughs> I don't like this game. Can we move on to the true or false game? Um, <laughs> hey, you know what? Circle of trust. Circle of trust. Whoever Derek picks here, no one gets to bash him in the. <laughs> It's tough. I don't lean Garuba as a keep. So I will I will cut him. Sorry, Usman. Um, also, with the multiple Jalen Williams, we can't have multiple Usmans. It's just that's the journalist in me leans that direction. I, I thank you for that. that. That means a lot that you're willing to uh, stand up for us and, and not having to do redundant names because right. I would absolutely be calling Usman Jang, Usman Garuba on some post-game pods at midnight uh, whenever the season began, if there's two Usmans there. So, Derek, I thank you for making your cuts. Now, we're going to have to play a game of fact or fiction to get your take on the Thunder expectations. You already say that they're not a contender. Where are you going to put them in the landscape of basketball this year? We'll talk about that coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now about your friends over at FanDuel, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. And you can go there right now, and you can take your first swing at betting on MLB, at FanDuel.com, you can get 10 times your first bet amount with uh, bonus bets. That's up to $200. So you can, you know, bet 20 bucks and you'll get 200 bucks, win or lose, in bonus bets. FanDuel is great because it's super uh, safe, secure, easy to use, and it's quick. You get paid out instantly. So check it out today at FanDuel.com. That's FanDuel.com slash lockdown. America's number one sports book. FanDuel.com slash lockdown will get you up to $200 in bonus bets back, uh, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash lockdown. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. DP, we're back on Lockdown Thunder, and we're talking about this Thunder season. We did a whole roster crunch discussion 
went on a little bit too long, but that's my fault. I'll raise the hand there. I'll take the blame from the bosses. Now, let's play some factor fiction. Okay. And then we're going to end factor fiction with your expectations for what this team should be. You already mentioned they're not a contender. That's going to ruffle some feathers. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> and we're, we'll end the show with your with your pride and joy, the 2024 NBA draft class. So let's dive into it. Fact or fiction, DP? Michich is going to play in every game that he's healthy for. He will be a staple of the rotation for Mark and will not find himself with these DMP CDs. That is an easy fiction for me. Easy fiction. Not, not just from a perspective of like he's not good enough or whatever. It's just this team is still going to be dedicated to 13, 14-man lineups. They're going to roll out all these crazy combinations, especially with the additions of Holmgren, Mitchich, Kaysen. Are we are we back on Kaysen as a Thunder Yeah, we're, we're all the way back on Kaysen. <laughs> okay. now, we, we've debated this for about an hour and a half, or really longer than that, because we actually debated this over the course of two days, uh, the draft day and then the intro presser. I think we're fully back in on Kaysen. Okay. That, that was the summer league media guide. So we kind of got to listen to Matty T and go with Kaysen. All right. All right. Uh, Kaysen Wallace, uh, back to my earlier point. Yes, I, I think that's absolutely fiction. He might play a ton of games, but every single one he's healthy for. I mean, there were there were really good players last season that weren't doing that, a la Isaiah Joe and more. So, no, I'll go fiction. Okay. That's, that's a hot take to begin it. And this is why <laughs> I've broken out the factor fiction game with DP, because you're willing to say and speak your mind just like we did on the draft pod, uh, which you nailed, by the way. So, fact or fiction, number two, Aaron Wiggins will actually get a big role in this rotation. Mm, I got to go fiction. I got to go fiction. Just due to the additions that were made, you know, Kaysen is cutting into a chunk of those minutes. Mitchich is cutting into a chunk of those minutes. If they do want to get developmental, end up keeping Trey Mann, he cuts into those minutes. It's just really, Wiggins is a great player, really great player. It's hard to see him having a consistent, steady role on this team, which is a better iteration of last year's team. I, I lean fiction there too. Fact or fiction, Chet Holmgren will win rookie of the year. Oh, that's really tough. Let's go fact let's switch it up and go fact i think that extra year the extra year of being in the nba being around the league getting to know the ins and outs having a year to learn up on it before actually getting on the court is bigger than people think you know we've had two people go on to miss their their rookie years and win it the next year before so i'll go fact i think he's got a really good shot so i'll play devil's advocate with you and I'll say, you know, we can keep track of this, of who's going to end up being right on this one because it's such an easy one to debate. I do think it's going to be one and two, Chet and Victor. Mm -hmm. And I do think that they're going to, the NBA media and, and, and the NBA for sure is going to make it be one and two uh, because it's going to produce a ton of great debates because, the, you know, the, the national media kind of views them as similar players. And you're going to get to have again the, is he really a rookie debate, which is going to be exhausting. And where I settle on this is, I think Chet Holmgren, there's a better than not chance that he will finish the year and you'll look at him and you'll say he should be rookie of the year. But I don't mm -hmm. trust the NBA media. I think that there's going to be votes as long as Victor steps a foot on the hardwood, no matter what he does, no matter how good he is, how bad he is, how wonderful he is, how mediocre he is, no matter what happens, if he steps a foot on the floor, he's going to get the vote. So like, I don't trust the voters 
to not fall into that Victor narrative to continue to push that uh, generational talent type of buzz around Victor. And I think that there's a better than that chance that Chet will deserve it. I think that there's a better than that chance that you're right in terms of like unbiasedly resume test. It's going to, it should be Chet. But I think that because of who, you know, Victor is, if there's any debate whatsoever, they're going to vote Victor, not only for wanting to be right of like calling him a generational big forever, but also because they're going to, you know, look at that and, and use the whole, he's actually a rookie and he's doing comparable numbers to a guy who got a, a, a year to learn in the NBA. So I, I will say this is fiction, but not because of chat. This is and totally because of just how awards are voted on, how awards are just, you know, media and storyline driven. We've seen that in the MVP and everything else for many, many, many years. Factor fiction, staying with Chet Holmgren, he averages over two and a half blocks a game. Uh, I will go fiction. I think it'll be under two and a half, but we can we can ride that two and a half line. I might I might stay. So I'm it's thinking a slight, it's a slight under. Slight under, yeah. If so if it's it over was two, over two, yeah, I think over two for sure. Somewhere in between two and two and a half. Okay, so there you go. Take your uh, your uh, bets now. Go to Prize Picks whenever the season starts and every night. But on over Chet blocks, and there you go. Use promo code locked on. Derek Parker, fact or fiction? SGA will be a first team All NBA guard again. I'm gonna go fiction, not because not because he's gonna get any worse at basketball, not because he's gonna see any type of slump. Simply by again adding the guard production that Oklahoma City is and the production from Chet Holmgren. The stats, I don't think, are going to be quite as good. And again, it all comes back to the narratives that we're talking about. There could be guys that are carrying their teams with 32 points per game and Shea's having a, a more efficient 27-28, but it doesn't matter because the narrative is with guy number one. I don't think statistically it's going to look as great, but I think he is forever and always will be the player that we saw last season, regardless of whether the numbers back that up. So I will go fiction, but not because he's worse or going to have a down year simply because stats don't look as good narratives, etc. Fact or fiction. Josh Giddy will see himself shoot 34% or better from three. He shot 32% last year. I will go fact. I think I think 34 is in the cards. Now it might it might hang around 34 for the next decade, but but I think 34 is in the cards. He's been on record saying he's worked on a shot a lot this offseason. Not that anyone would expect him not to. Uh, I think he'll I think he'll be right. He's going to have added spacing due to everyone else. He's going to take even better shots than he has been in the past. I say fact. Factor fiction. Usman Jang is a rotational player. He's, he can, he can play in the NBA. I say fact. I think he's definitely going to be a rotational player. He is definitely going to be lumped in with the the Mitchiches of the world that I think could see DNP still due to being in this rotation of this revolving door of players that a lot of them see minutes. There might be nights he doesn't play. I do think he will be, for the most part, rotational, though. Fact or fiction, Cason Wallace will immediately have a positive impact on the defensive end of the floor, even against high-level competition, and even in the NBA as a rookie. Fact. No no further comments. I'm going to let the okay. one word speak for me. Okay. You, you, you got that dog in you just like Mitchich does. <laughs> I, I like that a lot. Fact or fiction, Alexei Pokashevsky by this time next year is a member of the Thunder. Fact. Easy fact. I think he's going to get 
a long and moderately cheap contract that will keep him in Oklahoma City for the foreseeable future. And I think he's going to do good things under that contract, I will say. Now, to end this factor fiction, there's two more. Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. His shooting last year, was that a factual or fiction shooting season from Jay Will? Um, that's tough. I'm going to go fictional. I think the issue is the first half of the year. He was obviously great. The second half or, or the whatever it was, the last third, maybe he kind of came back down to earth. I think it's replicable again, but I think the first half is definitely not fact. Like we're not going to see anything close to that level of production again. So I'll go fiction based off that, but I, I think you'll hover around it. Certainly. Fact or fiction for each game that these five players are healthy for the starting lineup for the thunder will be SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, J dub and Chet Holmgren. Fact. 100% fact. There are people in the Thunder organization that are big fans of Lou Dort. As much as people want a different fifth starter in there, that dude is going to be in the starting lineup plenty next year. There are a billion people in the Thunder organization that are fans of Lou Dort, and I think that that is just a, a, a fact of life for this team, and I think and, that, that and, will be one of their best lineups on the year. Yes, that rightfully so. I'm not saying that Lou Dort shouldn't be. I, I think he should be too. I think he should be the fifth starter. So I'm glad that it's got the DP stamp of approval. So Mark, go ahead and sharpie in the scores book. It's going to be that starting five because Derek approves. Uh, and so do I. So for what that's worth, Derek, we're going to talk about your expectations. We're going to talk about the 24 draft class all coming up. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We're talking with Derek Parker, editor at Thunder uh, Inside the Thunder and Draft Digest, and just a wonderful Twitter follower and YouTube creator and Redditor and, you know, husband and dog dad and boyfriend. And just, boyfriend, Riley. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, I've been pushing for the last year for DP to just kind of get, get it over with, but uh, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm not sure to, the rip the band aid analogy is applicable here <laughs> it was not it's not a great call by me i think i've taken one step forward if, if, if you're if your beloved listens to this i've taken one step forward with the initial sentiment of the sentence and then calling it a rip the band-aid was kind of a step backward but we're fine, we're fine. <laughs> a new a new dog dad of two now i'm still only a dog dad of one so dp is just an all-around lad now we're going to talk about your two babies here and not your dogs that you've compared to Darius Baisley, mm -hmm. but instead the thunder in the draft. First and foremost, we've been teasing it. You alluded to it. You don't think the thunder are contenders. So what does that mean for you? Is your expectation level? I want to break it down in these three things. Are they a playoff team where they are? You think this season they avoid the playing tournament and they're going to be in the playoffs, plain and simple. 
Are they a play-in team where you think, ah, eh, they could get to six seed, but they're going to be in this play-in tournament? Or are they a fringe, like, they, they might miss it all together and could sneak in there again this year like they did last year? I will frame it this way. I'm closer to door number one than door number three. I think they're closer to being playoffs than they are out of contention completely. But I am waiting behind door number two in that the in the fact that I think they're a, a strong play-in team again, could potentially contend for the playoffs, but I'm not quite there yet due to a, a number of things. There's just so many components this far out. The West is an absolute gauntlet. There are so many good basketball teams over there. So I, I'm in door. I'm behind door number two for now. DP, the mystery man behind door number two. <laughs> what would it have to look like for you to let, let's say we're on December 1st. So we are, what is that? Four months away. And on December 1st, could, could the thunder do anything on the court to, to show you and make you go, you know what? Nah, this is a this is a playoff team. What what are you what are you looking for to, to kind of change and sway how you view this team compared to the West? I mean, I think they're a really good basketball team. Like I, I'm not saying that in another alternate dimension, they're not a three seed next season. Like I think they're that good. I really do. I think the West is really good. I think there's a couple things that work to their advantage. Their roster is really talented. They're going to have fresh legs opposed to teams like the Clippers, maybe the Warriors who are a little bit older in age. The Thunder are going to play a whole bunch of games regardless of the 13, 14 man rotations. However much they're going to play a ton of games and that works to their advantage a lot. But the roster turnover is a really overlooked thing here with Oklahoma city. Like they're infusing a complete starter who has seen no NBA action. Case Wallace is another guy who's going to get heavy rotational minutes has not seen NBA action. Mitchich has not seen NBA action. Ujman Jang could be rotational. Hasn't seen much true, real, impactful NBA action. That's a lot for a young team already to overcome. And I know they did it last year. They, they added all these pieces and they won a ton more games. But that's a component that people have to think about. A lot of these other teams are running it back. Like maybe they added rotational guys. But I think that's something they have to overcome. They have to overcome inexperience some, especially with those pieces they're adding. What do they have to do to get to that point? Play seven to eight guys a night, maybe <laughs> play, play the best. So they're not going to get to that point. You've just answered the question right there. They're not going to play seven to eight guys a night instead of uh, <laughs> 12 by December 1st. And and they, they honestly probably shouldn't like, like it's a fun joke to make about how the Thunder like play a lot of guys. It's probably the right pathway to go. When we yeah, talk about right. this specific Thunder team, it's not the right path for everybody. Like not everyone needs to be doing this, but the Thunder probably do. So I'm, I I agree with you on that front. And the way that I've been saying it kind of is like, I think that those of us, you and me and people listening to this podcast right now, because if you're listening to a Thunder podcast on you know, August 1st, you are a diehard Thunder fan. Those of us who watch this team are going to be able to tell that like, hey, this team has improved. This team has gotten better. The, the thing is, you might look in March though, and in April, and it might be that you go from 40 wins to... 43, 44, you know, and, and, and that's kind of it where everyone's expecting this massive leap when it might just be like a three game improvement in terms of the win column. But in terms of the eye test, you're like, oh yeah, this seems a much better team and a much more complete team than they were last year. And so I think that that's kind of where I'm at with the team of like, it might not be this, this humongous leap. And it could be like, we both agree that it has the potential to be 
but it might not be an actuality. I wouldn't be stunned if this team just dominates the regular season because of how young they are and they, they're going to care about every single game. They're not going to load manage. I wouldn't be surprised if they only get to, you know, 500 or, or a few games above 500. So like it, it can go a, a lot of different ways, but I do agree with your, your overall sentiment of this team's going to be kind of in that play in range. And another thing is that's going to help them just like last year, there's going to be a disappointed Western conference team that has more incentive to pack it up than the thunder. Do. The thunder are going to get their draft capital and get their, you know, draft positioning from other squads. They're not, they're not going to be in this boat of like shutting it down the way Dallas was last year. So that's going to help them out too. Whenever a team gets off to a, a disappointing or, or a fumbling start uh, to the, to the year this year. So with that being said, let's talk draft capital. This is your favorite thing in the world outside That's of your family, of course. Nope. You oh, nailed it the first okay. time. Well, maybe this is why you're still the, the boyfriend, I guess. So, <laughs> just joking. Just joking. I know there's a little truth in every joke, <laughs> but uh, the 2024 NBA draft class, maybe this one is like, is it fair to say that like, if all the drafts in the world that you've ever covered were your children, this is the children. This is the child who barely passed in high school, flunked out of college in the first semester, and you still sleep on your couch at 30 years old? I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair. Maybe it's the child. Maybe they had a hiccup along the way. Maybe they, maybe they skipped okay, class a few times. Okay, then let me give you times. another child. Because you've, you've gotten many children, Derek. You've got many children around the world. Right. This is a child that barely escaped, you know, scraped through high school. You didn't think it was going to happen, but they, they got there. They graduated. And then all of a sudden in college, they have a 3.5 GPA and they graduated in college. What, what is going on here? I'm not sure I'm tracking, but I, yes, I trust <laughs> okay. you. Yes. Okay. That one's we'll get correct. Into, we'll get into actual basketball analysis. God, that was terrible. That's on me. <laughs> I, might, I might edit all that out, but DP is the 2024 NBA draft class as terrible as everyone tells me it is. And if not, what is your take on it? It is not. I think our friend Nick Crane, in a response to you, I believe, said it best in that the lines between bad overall class and no clear number one pick are really beginning to blur. You know, this is a class that it's got a lot of players up there, a lot of really good basketball players, but no one right now that's necessarily standing out. And I think that's harming it in terms of Wembenyama alone. Let's say you throw Wembenyama on this class. It makes it a good class because Wembenyama is in it. If you take him off of the 2023 class, it's good, but it's not the generational heralded one that it was thought of to be. So I think that number one pick, that number one prospects, or a handful of them really carry weight. And it doesn't have that, which does in turn make it slightly weaker. But in terms of overall classes and and things like that, it's really not bad. There's going to be all-star level guys in it. There could be all-NBA level guys in it. There's going to be really good role players it's going to have something for everyone. It's got good returnees, international players. It's a fine class. And I think in six months, whenever some of these guys really start to emerge as the number one, two, three, four, five options, I think that narrative will kind of start to shift. So, DP, I won't make any bad analogies. I'm just going to ask you <laughs> for your favorite prospects in the 24 class that, that people, as we wait for the FIBA World Cup, as we wait for... Um, you know, training camp and, and the season. Who should people be keeping tabs on? Maybe looking up, Googling, YouTubing as we're waiting around for basketball to return. And why is it KJ Adams? <laughs> uh, my number one guy is Ron Holland. He's said to play for the G League Ignite, 6'8, 
Really, uh, he has that quick twitch vibe to him. Good handler, nice athleticism. Going to be a mean, mean defensive prospect. I think he's a step ahead right now. So if you're looking for the guy, I would start with Ron Holland. There's a few other options up there. Matas Bazelis, also set to play for the G League Ignite. Justin Edwards of Kentucky, kind of a combo shooting guard forward hybrid who can put the ball on the floor. Isaiah Collier, named to remember from USC, probably my favorite guard in the class. He's not elite, elite at anything, not in the 99th percentile of anything, but he's good at absolutely everything and a guy that I absolutely think has a long future career as an NBA point guard. Uh, Cody Williams is up there. Zachary Risa Shea has a potential to be number one. Alex Saar has a potential to be number one. There's a lot of guys. I don't have a guy yet simply because I haven't seen them play, but there's a lot that you can tune into right now and, and kind of watch them progress through the years. If I did have to name a guy, it would be Thierry Darlan, who again is set to play for the Ignite, might not get the production necessary to even get drafted this year, but he's a dude. He's a dude. You remember the name, Ryland. I will. I will. Now, can I can I sharper you in? Ignite blue with me at the Paycom Center? Are we yes, going? Yes. Yes, I'll be there. Yes. Let's go. I was shocked at the little turnout for the scoot, the scoot parade uh, this past season. We need to get there for Ignite. Ignite now has like a billion prospects instead of like two. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Ron Holland is my number one guy. So I always like the validation from you of like, I'm on, I'm on the right track here. Now you mentioned Saar, brother of Levi Saar. Mm-hmm. And there's another Thunder tie, which Saar, I guess, is no longer a Thunder tie, but he's still in our hearts. Uh, hopefully he's on the blue. Cody Williams, brother yes. of Jalen Williams. How good can each of those guys be? And and like, uh, would you want to see a, a brother tandem in OKC? Of course, for Olivier Saar, hopefully it's not with the blue for Alex, but nonetheless. Yeah, both of these guys are in what I would consider to be probably the top tier of the class, if not the second tier. Cody Williams is a guy who at six foot eight, six foot nine, I believe, can do a little bit of everything. He's set to play for Colorado this season. He's going to be really good. I'm a, I'm slightly worried his production may not garner the value that he actually will, especially in terms of the NBA draft. You know, it's always kind of with the flash and pizzazz of what can I get here? What can you do for me now? I don't know if Cody's going to be that, but I do think he's a really, really good basketball player who's going to offer NBA teams a lot down the line. Uh, Alex Saar, we could be talking about him as the number one guy in, in 10 months. He's that good. He is this lengthy six foot 10 forward can do a lot of things with the ball in his hands in a class that doesn't have a number one guy. He's good enough that I think he could get to that spot. He's going to be a, a draft Twitter darling. I'm sure of it. I, I can call it right now. I can see it in my mind's eye. He's going to be a draft Twitter darling. So he's going to be a guy that, that is way up there. I think. I, I do agree with Sar, and I, and I do agree. I have Cody Williams. Uh, I might have a little bit too high on my board, but, uh, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with my gut. There's sometimes where people tell me things. I'm just like, oh, I'm probably wrong, but I'll stick with my gut. Cody <laughs> Williams. I, I do. I do love the insight though. Of course you hit it all on draftdigest.com uh, and also inside the thunder.com. So Derek, I'm going to leave you with uh, one last question. I've got to make it a really good one. Okay. Like a really extraordinarily good question. Firstly, where do you have Cody Williams? I'm curious. I haven't thought five. Is that too high? You think? No, I, I think I have him at like seven. So, Okay, so I'm not as off base as I thought. I, I, yeah, I have him at four, uh, uh, but okay, I'm glad that I'm glad that I'm not too crazy high. I do have KJ Adams uh, as a first rounder, but that's probably he's probably not even on your board. I, I think that you're going to disrespect him that bad up until he shows you 
this season that he can actually do it. But DP, last question. You are a pop culture phenom. You are, I would say, the most well-versed in pop culture of all Thunder Media members. Wow, Clemente is punching air right now. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah, Clemente is upset, um, (laughs) and he does listen, so he'll hear this, and I still stand by it. I I still stand by it. I appreciate that. Because you have a a wider range than Clemente. Clemente, he'll go take the Instagram pictures at the Barbie set, uh, at the the Barbie theater, (laughs) but he's not out there grinding out Pokemon content and watching every single top hit TV show and still watching basketball and still doing everything else, uh, <laughs> juggling a family as we've discussed earlier. Now you're getting to the root of why the, the question has not been popped. <laughs> I do a you lot know, of things here. You, you do a lot of things. DP as the King of pop in OKC, what should we all be watching as we wait for basketball to return? Mm. On sports related, get get us away from sports just to take a deep breath and get prepared for another season. Okay. Okay. Um, I got you. Talk to me. New horror movie that just came out. I believe it came out last Thursday. It was made for four and a half million dollars. Opening weekend made ten million dollars, doubled its budget. It's the best horror movie I've seen this year. It is made by former YouTubers, Raka Raka, out of Australia. It's phenomenal. One of the best horror movies I've ever seen. It's great. Get to the theater. Watch it. It's so scary. Okay. You want us all scared, and then we'll we'll come back home, turn on all the lights, and uh, <laughs> just check out draftdigest.com. DP, you're hooking it up over there. You're hooking it up on Inside the Thunder and on YouTube with your heat checks and every other series that you're doing. I already have a mock draft up. Uh, that probably took a long time, so I appreciate you doing that for – for those of us that want some content to binge, let them know where they can find you, DP. Yeah, on a, are we going with X officially, by the way? Are we doing X or Twitter? Eh, yeah, <laughs> I still say Twitter, but we can say X if you want. Whatever you, it's, it's whatever you want. I'm going to go ahead and zag. You can find me on X at uh, Derek. What is it? D-Park? Okay, I just blanked. Uh, YouTube, Derek-Parker. All the writing over at Draft Digest. Uh, si.com slash NBA slash draft slash draft. And then inside the thunder.com. Those are the spots. Those are the spots to find DP and his immaculate work. Hopefully he does some immaculate grids on hoop grids. DP appreciate your time. Cannot wait to uh, get back in uh, in OKC and touch base on media day. Share a few bevies after. Yes, sir. We absolutely will. Till next time. Be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.